Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Greetings one, greetings all. Welcome back to our first simulcast here on Fantasy NBA Today since, I believe, late April. I looked that up and then I promptly forgot what I actually figured out. So, uh, to those that are watching live on YouTube, hi. To those that are listening to the traditional podcast channels, hello. Just a quick reminder of why we do this now uh, and why we didn't for a little bit. First, what is this? This is a simulcast. This is effectively an audio podcast that if you're watching with us on YouTube... The advantages you get are that you'll get to see some of the windows that I'm looking at. I'll try to share uh, browser tabs and stat windows and stuff like that when I can, when it's not going to take away from me actually finishing a thought or a sentence. You get to see my dumb face uh, for the duration of the podcast. And maybe the most compelling reason, there is a chat room. If you guys want to throw questions in there, sometimes I'll get to them after the show. Other times you guys can just kind of hang out with each other. Uh, and shoot the breeze about fantasy basketball or life or the fact that I'm wearing a retro hoop ball t-shirt to celebrate getting these things uh, back on air. The reason we do them is fairly straightforward. People want this content in more places, so this is an easy way to do it. The reason we stopped doing them for a couple of months is that no one was paying attention to fantasy basketball on YouTube For those months, I can tell the listenership or I guess viewership is the proper terminology for that. The viewership vanished. You know, we were doing shows leading up to the end of the season that were getting a thousand viewers after, you know, 24 hours. And then we got to late April fantasy season was over and it was like 55, which I appreciate you 55 viewers that were hanging out with us on YouTube. But also this is quite a bit more work for me for um, a very, very, very small percentage of the number of folks that were listening over on the podcast channel. So we flipped it over to audio only for a few months there. Now we're seeing with leagues reopening on Yahoo. And next year, I think I'll, I'll put a little pin in my brain to remember to start doing this to jump back on YouTube when Yahoo opens their leagues. That'll kind of be like the Dan is back on air thing. Um, today, you know two weeks after the fact or whatever, because we've been doing some mocks on YouTube, uh, but now we'll get the regular shows simulcast, and hopefully everybody enjoys that. So that's the why. The where, you guys already know. The when is as many days as I can. There will be days blended in here where I don't have uh, proper childcare coverage so children could come charging in. Those are days where I'm going to need to pause my podcast recording and on a normal audio-only day, that's sort of not an issue. But when you're on YouTube, you can't just pause and walk away of a live show. That's horrible YouTube. I mean, I guess I could, but then I'd have to figure out how to edit it out later and it processes for hours where people are going to be watching the one that's not properly edited. So um, this will be as often as possible. To that end, welcome to the show. It's Fantasy NBA Today. Simulcast edition, number one, I guess, of this, uh, call it the 2023-2024 NBA season. I am Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Those that are watching can see it there on their screen. 
D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Welcome to all new and old viewers and listeners alike. If you're listening on podcast channels the old-fashioned way, please take a moment to drop a five-star review on the pod. I'll be extremely grateful to you. And if you're watching with us on YouTube, please, 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 this is the big one. It's so simple. Please hit that thumbs up. Please subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash sportsethos. If you're listening, if you can see it on your screen, there's just a button you can hit. That's really big for us. We want to grow our YouTube presence. This show is one way to do it. It'll allow us to do more things. We've got a lot of football stuff going on right now. Uh, and just the more people that are into YouTube, the more that we can kind of justify spending time and resources on it. Uh, and you hitting a thumbs up or you hitting a subscribe is um, a pretty easy way to get us to that point. I struggle in this exact moment because we're doing the simulcast today for the first time in a long while uh, in how to introduce today's topic. Because it's a topic we've been covering for the better part of about two weeks in some shape or form. Meaning, some uh, two odd, I think-ish weeks ago, we began to talk about the order that Yahoo had ranked their players. And then when ADP data came out last week or a week and a half ago or whatever that was, we started to look at that kind of as a pairing between the two in conjunction. Yahoo's pre-ranks and the ADP information. Over the course of this series of shows, we've determined groupings of players that have just sort of naturally emerged on the draft board. Grouping number one, and again, folks that have been listening to this on the traditional channel, this is going to be a little bit of a recap for you, so feel free to zip through it. Those watching on YouTube that haven't uh, bounced in with us in a while. This will be somewhat new to you, as the expression goes. So hang with me for just a second here. Group number one is Nikola Jokic. He's going first, and there really is basically a general consensus on that. We talked on one episode about the idea that maybe Joel Embiid could challenge him for that spot. It's not happening. Group number two, as it turns out, seems to be Embiid and Luka Doncic at this point. I thought it would be Embiid by himself. Luka's kind of closing the gap on him largely because of the ability to build around Luka's stat set on the head-to-head side. We did a bunch of shows about who should go at number three. Uh, We talked about Luka, we talked about Tatum, Halliburton, Steph, Shea, uh, Dame, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis. That has now, uh, as we talked about, Embiid and Luka have kind of settled into the 2-3 spot. The next grouping has emerged as Jason Tatum and Tyrese Halliburton. That's the who should go at four, who should go at five. Steph Curry and Shea Gilgis-Alexander have emerged as the who should go at six versus seven. And then there's a long list of players that we talked about, one by one, actually, between eight and 16. Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, JJJ, Kyrie Irving, Devin Booker. Nine names that are all kind of fighting, not necessarily for that eighth slot, because some of those guys are going more often towards the front end of that group, and some of those guys are going a little more often towards the back end, but they are all very much in one pocket. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. 
It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. We are currently discussing the next pocket of players, which, again, you can wind it back. If you go to Fantasy NBA Today, available on uh, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, where, you know, any place you can find a podcast feed, any place that'll grab an RSS feed, Fantasy NBA Today is that show. Many of you are listening to it right now. You can hear how we've gone through all of these players, even right now up to Trey Young, who we're going to be talking about on today's show. This group of players we're currently in, the way I see it at least, includes Donovan Mitchell, Mikhail Bridges, Freddie Van Vliet, Demonis Sabonis, James Harden, Desmond Bain, who... I sort of kicked back and forth as to whether he was in this group or the next one, but it does seem like he's pretty well solidifying himself in this chunk of players. And Trey Young. And the reason we're talking about Trey Young last in that group, for those, again, listening on the more traditional channels, is because he was the lowest-ranked player in that group on a per-game basis last year at number 49 in nine-category leagues. Now, obviously... You turn off turnovers and go 8-cat. He jumps up the board. He had the highest number of turnovers in the NBA. He jumps all the way to number 24 if you're punting turnovers. So, yes, he does bounce in front of a couple of these guys. Now, also, you know, Demonis Sabonis has relatively high turnover numbers, so he didn't move all that much. Uh, Harden had high turnovers, so he actually jumped into the first round. So it's, it's a mixed bag there. But... Suffice it to say that when you compare him to the other players that we just talked about, some of them were not exceptionally high turnover guys, and Trey Young jumped in front of those dudes. The other reason we're talking about Trey Young last in this group of players is because right now, his ADP is the latest of anyone in this group of players. That's the window that... Uh, YouTube viewers are seeing right now that they can kind of look along with me. Uh, that chunk that we just talked about, Mikhail Bridges is at the front end. He's driving the ship. Donovan Mitchell's right behind him. Then Bain, Van Vliet, Sabonis, Harden, and Trey Young. In that order are how they're going right now. There's reason to believe that Trey Young will continue to move up the board. One reason that I think that may be the case is because... His pre-rank is 27th. Not only is he the lowest pre-ranked player of anyone in this group, but he's outside the number of players you have to get to 
to match up to that number. Let me try that again because that's sort of a weird expression and I'll, I'll pick my words a little bit more carefully. Everyone else in this group that we just talked about, because again, if we line all of these players up, we're talking about, um, let's see, Bridges, Mitchell, Bain, Van Vliet's bonus. So uh, you're up to the 23rd player. Trey Young is the 23rd player we've talked about. His pre-rank is 27. He's the only player we've discussed over this entire stretch now going all the way back to Nikola Jokic when we talked about the number one pre-ranked player. He's the only one right now whose pre-rank is outside the ADP where he's getting drafted in a particular bucket. The other one that had, and you could also call these sort of risers or gainers or jumpers or whatever you want. Giannis is the other very obvious one. He's pre-ranked 14. His ADP is 9.8 right now. But he still is staying within the same bucket. He went from kind of being mid-bucket to front bucket. Whereas Trey Young, if you were just looking at pre-ranks, you have to clear Lowry Markinen, Jimmy Butler, and who the heck am I forgetting that's not even on this page, I think, right now? Who's pre-rank 26? Let's, re- let's resort it so everybody can look along with us. Paul George, who's not even getting drafted inside the top 30 right now. You have to jump over three guys to get to Trey Young. And so for Yahoo purposes, it's pretty rare that a player would make that large of a jump especially this early when most of the people doing drafts are the strict lunatics, the lunatics of the fantasy world. The reason that that particular information makes me think that Trey Young is probably going to go earlier is that I think at some point Yahoo adjusts their board and moves him up, maybe in front of, say, a Jimmy Butler or a Paul George or whoever the heck else I just talked about a second ago. Lowry Markkinen was the other name. Maybe he gets moved in front of those dudes. If Trey Young's pre-rank goes from 27 to 24 or 23, maybe he moves in front of Desmond Bain, people will be even more inclined or more willing to grab him earlier. Right now, people are like, well, I'll grab him, you know, five, six slots or whatever ahead of his pre-rank. And so that pulls his ADP a little bit sooner. But his pre-rank is 27. So somebody taking him at 22, 21, whatever you want to do, that can only pull his ADP so far up the board. If he's pre-rank 23 and people are willing to go five, six slots early and take him at 17, 18, you'll see that ADP push even higher. The other reason that I think Trey Young continues to go ahead of his pre-rank and perhaps even gets a little bit of a snowballing effect is that he is tailor-made for head-to-head leagues for a couple of key reasons. Reason number one, he is extraordinarily elite at three categories. What you'd call the traditional guard categories. Scoring, assists, free throw percent. Not overwhelmingly terrific at three-pointers. He's not a negative there. And steals, he was actually a little bit better this last year, but he's not a big-time dude in that one. And he's got awful in turnovers, so it's an easy one to, to sort of punt build around. Meaning, 
if you take someone in the first round of your draft who is either good at some of the things that Trey Young is already good at, um, because right now, like, Trey is falling to the end of the second round. You might end up with Nikola Jokic and Trey Young as your combo, which there is a, a good and a bad to that, but you pretty much knock out assists right out of the shoot. Your free throw percent is going to be excellent. Jokic balances out Trey Young's issues in field goal percent. You can go ahead and just punt turnovers, and you're kind of making up, what do we think? Blocks is going to need a big boost at some point, or you punt it. Uh, threes, you probably need a little bit of a boost there. But otherwise, you're in pretty good shape. Or you go the alternate route. Let's say you ended up with someone like Joel Embiid early, and you pair him up with Trey Young. You're punting turnovers still. You probably need three-pointers down the line, but you're at a great initial build in points, boards, assists, steals. Embi- uh, steals are fine, but not great. You have a decent start in blocks because of Embiid. They're harder to get. You're outstanding in free throw percent. Nobody's touching you there. And so you have this unbelievably firm build, even though Trey Young, like we talked about in nine cat, was way down there as an early fifth rounder. That just doesn't, that's like a, a, it's a, it's a cognitive mismatch. Now, if you're in roto leagues, this is a different monster. Because you're probably not going into roto and just immediately punting turnovers if you're a nine cat. You could still go Trey Young there at the end of the second round, but in all likelihood, the other guys you're eyeballing are probably giving you more positive stuff. So that's why there's that issue. More people play head-to-head. 8-cat is going to pull his ranking up the board as opposed to 9-cat. Points leagues versus category for Trey Young are not all that different because he's bad in field goal, but very good in free throw. So you wipe out the percentages. It's pretty much the same as running eight cat. Uh, but either way, points eight cat, those are going to pull him up the board a little bit versus nine category where he does fall a little bit farther. For all of these reasons, this is where he likely gets drafted, and this is where he likely will stay. But you guys watching this or listening to this, you probably want to know how I personally feel about Trey Young. Well, you probably could hear it in how I was talking about him. He makes a ton of sense as a head-to-head build guy. He's also, historically, pretty damn durable, which is a huge deal in head-to-head leagues. Absolutely massive deal. You want your guys in head-to-head that are fighting down the stretch, and the Hawks are simply not going to be a whole lot better or worse this season than they were last year. So in all likelihood, they're going to be fighting to try to get either into the play-in or up and out of it. I don't think they're going to be throwing in the towel a week or two ahead of time. And anyway, we already talked many months ago about wiping out the final three weeks of the regular season, ending your playoffs with at least three weeks to go, and try to eliminate as much, heaven help us, of the silly season as we possibly can. So, for that reason, if I'm in a a head-to-head league and someone was like, would you take Trey Young at pick number 17? My answer is, I would consider it, even though from a strict ranking standpoint, it actually doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But that's the magic of different formats. Trey Young is a much more valuable player, 
in head-to-head leagues than he is in Roto. Oh, he's valuable in Roto, but he's top 40, 45 range valuable in Roto. He gives you terrific production in two to three categories, but he doesn't help you as much as a lot of guards do in threes. You're trying to create this sort of well-rounded across-the-board thing. His defensive stats, only 1.2 combined. The steals are fine, but he never blocks a shot. Never, ever. The turnovers are a mess, and in Roto, you typically don't want to just tank that one because if any other category goes down the toilet, you're, a, you're in real trouble. And plus, teams give up in, in Roto in a lot of, well, every format, really. But all you have to do is be not horrendous in some categories, and you can just sort of fall into two or three extra Roto points. Free throws, that's great, terrific. But the thing about Roto is that having these guys that are hyper, super, mega elite in two things isn't as valuable. You build around that in head-to-head. Okay, I got these strengths. I need five, six, seven strengths on my team, and I don't have to worry about the other stuff. In Roto, you can maybe get away with punting one category in super competitive leagues where you're not going to be outstanding across the board. But you really can't do more than that And I know someone's going to be like, Dan, I punted two things and I won my Roto League. Okay, yeah, there's going to be examples of everything out there, but you're the exception and not the rule. In Roto, you want to be as good as you can in as many things as you can. And if you're bad in something midseason, we do the give up. We've talked about that before as well. So, again, I pivot back around to this same point, which is, Dan, would you draft Trey Young at 17? If I'm in my nine-category Roto League, no. Probably not. I'm not taking him at 17. Not when some of these other options are on the board. I would rather have Donovan Mitchell, Demontis Sabonis, probably James Harden. Although, again, we don't know where he's going to end up. Maybe Freddie Van Vliet. Probably Desmond Bain. Probably Mikhail Bridges. Probably a handful of guys that are actually going behind this bucket. But in head-to-head... I'd put Trey Young ahead of probably half of those names I just listed. Maybe more. I might rather have Trey Young in head-to-head over Mikael Bridges. I say might. I'm not locked in on that because Bridges is also very durable. And he's a little bit more of a head-to-head kind of guy now that he's chucking up shots in Brooklyn. But Bridges is very good at, at free throw percent. Not as good as Trey Young, but very good there. But then the rest of his stuff is like, okay, he's going to be pretty damn good in scoring and pretty damn good in threes and better than average in steals and pretty good in blocks, but like doesn't rebound, doesn't really assist. The field goal percent is we don't really know. Low turnovers doesn't have quite that same impact early in a head-to-head league where you might be kicking that category. Not full punt on turnover necessarily, but not really attacking it. So that's why Trey Young is in this bucket in some formats but not others. And that's why if you presented me with him in a head-to-head league and I looked at my first-round pick and saw, you know, let's say Trey's still there at, like, pick 20, that means you had, what, fifth pick in the first round in a 12-teamer? Am I doing that math right? You guys can yell at me if I'm off by one pick. Fifth pick, you might have Tyrese Halliburton or or Jason Tatum. You go Halliburton, Trey Young, right out of the shoot. Everybody's going to be trying to get their assists from you. Rest of the league would be better off just giving up on that category. You'd have some weak spots to be sure, 
but your team will be very good in points, pretty good in threes, great in assists, decent in steals, terrific in free throw percent. How many did I just list? Four, five categories? You're well on your way to a terrific punt build. You're probably punting some big man stuff. Maybe, uh, probably turnovers. Maybe rebounds. Maybe you go get like a shot blocker that doesn't rebound. Miles Turner would come to mind. His rebounds are okay, but like compare him to... You're not getting J.J. Day, but compare him to like a Walker Kessler who's probably going to be in double digits or Jared Allen. or You guys get the point. And so to me, that kind of wraps up this bucket. Let's talk about who falls in the next bucket, and then that will segue us into the next discussion we're going to have on this podcast, uh, probably starting tomorrow, because this one was billed as kind of like the culmination of this last group. I, again, I've lost track of how many buckets. If Jokic is one, and Embiid Doncic is two, Tatum Halliburton is the third bucket, Steph and Shea is the fourth, Dame through Booker is the fifth, and this is tre- technically the sixth, not Bespris bucket. Sorry, I got to watch my nomenclature here. This is not the sixth Bespris bucket. This is the sixth player bucket. This is how players are getting drafted. And we're just talking about what makes sense in those spots. The next bucket, I think, is a little bit more convoluted. And this is where we're going to have to put our thinking caps on. Because from an ADP standpoint, a strict ADP standpoint, there are actually only five names in the next bucket. Larry Markkinen, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, and Carl Anthony Towns. (laughs) I know. I I know. Markinen last year played 66 ball games. Kawhi played 52 ball games last year. LeBron played 55. <laughs> you guys you guys see where I'm going with this, right? Uh Jimmy Butler who compared to this group seems quite durable, played 64 ball games and then Cat played a handful. This is a rough group with absurd per-game upsides blended in there, because Kawhi Leonard, when he's running full tilt, he's a top-six guy. Markinen finished last year at number 18. LeBron finished at number 23. Kawhi, by the way, finished at 13, but he had that sort of weird first two months. Cat was... Who, who cares and who knows? He was at number 37, but a lot of that was coming back from injury. He was more like, like late second, early third before the injury stuff. So it was a little messy even before that. And then Jimmy Butler, the king of this group, uh, was number 10. And I know what you guys are thinking. Longtime Bespris listeners and viewers heard this list of players and said, hmm, a lot of old dudes in that group, aren't there? And Dan always tells us that the old man squad tends to pop up around pick 25 Well, let's be careful, because sometimes there's old, sometimes there's boring, sometimes there's too rickety. Which of these players falls into which of those camps? And we'll start to talk about that a bit more uh, on tomorrow's episode. So this one will go just a little bit shorter, 
It was the Trey Young day and also getting us ready for bucket number seven. I already forgot what we just counted a minute ago. Bucket number seven begins tomorrow. Uh, we all will also continue to have uh, mock drafts on YouTube that we'll port over as bonus episodes on the traditional Fantasy NBA Today channel. We'll do those uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday when we can. If I can't get the Friday one done, we'll do it either late that day or maybe throw one in over the weekend. But uh, again, we're just doing some recon mocks and seeing some of this stuff in real time that we're able to view on the Yahoo ADP and draft results page. So there you go. We're back to simulcasting. I hope that went fine for everybody, no matter how you're listening or watching this thing. Please, again, a reminder, if you're listening, drop a five-star review, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. It's really helpful. If you're watching, please click that thumbs up and subscribe to the page. And also, this is to everyone, the Sports Ethos Draft Guide. Sorry, not hoop ball. I should cover my shirt up while I'm doing this part. The Sports Ethos NBA Draft Guide is dropping within the week. And at that point, prices at the website go up. So this is your last chance. Last clarion call. Go get your fantasy pass now and save a lot because there's a six-month commitment on these draft season purchases, meaning whatever you save, $1, $2, $3 over the future price, it's times six. SportsEthos.com is the website. Click on the Get Premium tab. I am at Dan Baspris over on social media. I hope that you guys will find me over there. Again, however you might be taking in this potty, this uh, audio, we're starting to do a lot on social as I figure out how to actually track everything with the completely goofed new tweet deck. I shed a single tear for the days of actually being able to get all my news and information super duper fast. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you guys tomorrow. So long for now.